Hey guys, Andy here. Welcome to the Android Andy UK podcast episode number 24. It is the 26th of uh, August right now. It's a lovely bank holiday weekend and, uh, and here I am indoors recording you a podcast. I've even had to turn my air conditioner off while I record it. It is, I think it's kind of like 30, 31 degrees today, which, uh, but I don't generally like the heat. So actually I'm quite happy being indoors with my aircon. Um, quite a bit been going on in the channel over the last few weeks. So uh, let's start off by just taking you through some of the hardware that I've been playing with. Um, I got the Mi Band 4 a few weeks back. I've been getting into sort of my fitness, sort of health and fitness over the recent weeks. So I thought, man, it's not a bad idea to give it a try. It only cost me about £27, I think. I had to get it imported from China to pay that price, though. You are likely looking at about £40 if you want it from somewhere in the UK. Um, I, I was a little disappointed by it. I suppose I kind of... I prefer just uh, integration into Google Fit and all that sort of thing. And Xiaomi, I suppose, try and do their own thing, really. It also didn't work so well, the sleep tracking. Now I've got quite a reliable sleep tracker in the Withing Sleep Mat. Uh, it showed me that the Mi Band 4 wasn't all accurate in that respect. Uh, it didn't seem too bad a device otherwise, although I haven't said that as well, when I went cycling with it, it didn't seem to track all that accurately, again, compared to the specialist cycle computer that I have. So. I was I was a little disappointed. Not that I was really planning on keeping it as a main device. I really did just buy it to play with and to do a review. Um, but I mean, I guess it's not bad for the money that you pay. Generally, fitness trackers like that and that sort of price range aren't going to be super accurate, as opposed to uh, oh, not professional but um, dedicated devices to track the other things like the sleep mat or my cycle computer. Then I've been having a play with the Xiaomi Mi A3. I've used a Mi A version, so one, two, in the light, and now the three. So I've used each one of the sort of iterations. And I have to say, I think the Mi A3 is, is a bit of a winner, really, to be honest. I paid 185 again, to have it imported. I don't think it's on me.com just yet for the UK uh, market. But I think it's already come down. I think I've seen it sort of even in the 160s in the last few days. And for that money, it's a fantastic buy. So it's going to get bashed because it's only got a 720p screen. And I believe they've done that so they could do an in-screen in fingerprint reader, which honestly, I wish they hadn't. Um, we'll come to it in a second. But the actual 720p screen was really very good. Uh, it's very nice and bright, bold colors. I thought it looked fantastic. Uh, then we've got how amazing the battery was. It set a new record on my battery test, my hour-long battery test with watching video and reloading web pages and things. It finished on 97%. The, the previous best was like 94, I think. It played a 37-minute video and I still had 99% battery after the video. I don't know how it even did that. Uh, and all screens get set to 300 lumens when I'm doing a battery test, so it's a fairly uniform test. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not massively scientific, but I try and have some kind of science behind them, I suppose. So yeah, for the price you would pay, that is a really interesting device, which then leads me on to the Pixel 3a, which I've been playing with as well recently. Um, hoping my mother doesn't listen to the podcast because it's going to be her birthday present. Mother, if you hear this, act surprised um but actually again i am massively impressed so i bought it well i, I had the idea because google were giving 50 pound off so it brought it down to 350 pounds i've actually recommended the device that's to two people that have asked me what phones they should buy i've recommended the pixel 3a without having actually used one so 
I thought, do you know what? Let's, you know, I'll, my mum needs a new phone. Let's get one of these. At the same time, I'll have a quick play before I sort of get it all set up for her anyway. Uh, and I've been really impressed, really impressed to the point that I've even been wondering, should I just switch over to one from my OnePlus 7 Pro? It's funny. It's the small form factor, which I would have thought wouldn't suit me. I almost automatically go for big phones. But there's something about having a phone that only weighs like 140 grams. Um, so it, it is quite light, but it doesn't feel cheap. It's I don't know how they've managed to do that. It doesn't feel sort of plasticky and cheap, I wouldn't say. It just feels like a light, small phone. Um, you know, I pick up my OnePlus 7 Pro now and it just feels like a heavy brick. And I, I do think, oh, should I should I go back to a smaller screen? Um, it's certainly be interesting when the Pixel 4 comes out. I could be tempted to go for the smaller version. But yeah, the 3A has got a great looking screen. The camera is ridiculous. I went cycling a few mornings ago. It was quite early. Literally, the sun was only just coming up. And I stopped at one point where I was facing into the sun and I could only really see sort of silhouettes of buildings and things. That's all I, my own, with my own eyes. That's all I could really see. And I thought, well, let's see what the Pixel 3a does with this. It had a better vision than I did. It, it, the computational sort of magic that they pull off um, really is impressive. The pictures, you know, even in, you know, in, in good conditions as well, are just crisp, sharp, really natural looking colors. So impressive. Um, it does have the sort of mid-range chipset. I forget which one it is now, 67 something perhaps. Uh, uh, Snapdragon 670 perhaps. Um, but it's generally snappy enough. It's slick enough. Obviously, it's stock Android, which I think helps. Um, and it just smoothly takes you through any things you're asking it to do. Um, just massively impressive. The, the one I've got is called Purplish. And it is it is a very aptly named device because it's kind of, it does, it looks white first glance. You might think it's white, but then you realize, oh no, there is a bit of a, a sort of a purple hue to it. And it's just a really nice color. They've I do like the designs that they have for the for the Pixel devices with the kind of the shiny upper part and the sort of frosted, uh, well, it's like 80% of the body, but uh, frosted lower part and then the accented highlighted uh, power button. So all in all, I mean, it's got the always on screen as well, which would be in a big advantage over the OnePlus 7 Pro. I'm, I'm still thinking I may I may switch. I may sell the OnePlus 7 Pro and switch to a Pixel 3. But then I think, well, the Pixel 4 is coming in a couple of months. Maybe wait and see and just pick one of those up. But obviously then I'm looking at sort of £800 instead of the 350 you pay for the 3A right now. If nothing else, it's not a bad idea. It's a second phone. It's got such a good camera on it. So anyway, yeah, right now £50 off at the Play Store. Um then over the last week or two, um, I've been investing a bit more into my YouTube channel. And I'm guessing if you listen to this, you know about my YouTube channel. I've gone, so I suppose it came along when I was trying to film. I thought, you know, I should use my DSLR more for filming because, you know, DSLR is great for video as well as for stills. Um, and I've got a Canon 760D, which is, you know, it's a quite an expensive DSLR. It's getting on a bit now. It's three or four years old, I suppose. And I realized it can't actually do more than 1080p, but not even that, it can't do more than 30 frames per second. I thought, well, this, that's not ideal in this day and age. I mean, it's adequate, but almost as a standard, I'm, I do 1080p, 60 frames per second. So I, I started doing some research on what the best cameras were for uh, filming. And it seemed to come down to the Panasonic GH5 or the Sony A7 
I don't know if you call it 3 or III. Um, that or the R version, which is the A7R III. Now, the Panasonic is about 1300 with a lens. The Sony is about 2000 with a lens. Uh, and watching the reviews, the only real downside for the GH5 was it sort of focusing issues. Uh, there were some videos showing that it just had really bad. So there was a woman walking along the street in a vlogging style, going to an event with with all her sort of crew or mates or whatever behind her. And it spent the whole time f- focused on her mates behind her, even though her face was front and center, really quite weird, really put me off. Uh, but then I watched some other videos and I read some comments and people talk. And well, in fact, no, the comments were generally, you know, yeah, this is a known problem. It's terrible at focusing. It's great for great for filming your background, not you. Um but I read about how I think they sort of improved it with firmware patches. And I decided, you know what, there's got so many other, you know, so many YouTubers said how it is the best camera, you know, the crazy high bit rates it can record at, this, that, and the other. You can't go wrong sort of thing. So, well, let's let's take the plunge. So got myself a GH5. That enabled me then to kind of switch up to 4K for everything. So the, I don't know if it was a Lumix, I hadn't really twigged off, become a Lumix fanboy. Uh, the little compact camera I use for filming the, sort of uh, device shots on the desk can do 4K, uh, I think, up to 60 frames a second as well. So now with the GH5, I basically can go fully 4K on my channel. The problem being the video editing software I use, PowerDirector 15, just seemed very slow. You know, it really struggles with 4K content, just, you know, the, the sheer size of the files, I guess. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I should finally take the plunge and get uh, Adobe Creative Commons. Is it Creative Commons? Creative CC, whatever. Which includes obviously Premiere Pro, which is wide, quite widely used uh, video editing software for YouTubers. And I, so I did basically the short version. I thought, you know what? Come on, let's let's in for a penny, in for a pound. So I bought Premiere Pro. Um, with some discounts, so it wasn't, you know, I haven't paid full price. Uh, I've got a reasonably good price on it. But it is the most expensive software I've probably ever bought, and it's a subscription as well, so I'm going to keep paying that, unfortunately. Well, every year, because, again, you buy it in a year, 12 months at a go, and you, you save sort of, I don't know, 15% or so, something like that. So that has meant I've spent a lot of time watching other YouTube videos on how you do things in Premiere Pro. But to be fair, it's been quite easy. I've tried other software. I think I tried Sony Vegas and then and others, and they've just they've been very confusing for me. They've not been very simple, kind of drag and drop and cut and slide. And whereas Premiere Pro does generally seem to be relatively simple for the basic stuff but at the same time the the sort of the power that i think there is is in them as some of the videos i watched are some of the things you can do oh fantastic obviously you get then after effects as well which just means that my sort of video graphics should hopefully get a bit of an upgrade you've perhaps noticed some of it already in the last few videos uh, but all around yeah I'm, I'm really pleased with how things are sort of turning out uh, on that front do let me know what you think, obviously, uh, either in a video comments or come say hello on the forum at androidandy.uk. Um, so I've got new video cameras, I've got new editing software. Then I thought, well, can I improve on my microphone? Because much as I love my Rode NT1, which I'm speaking into now, uh, it is a desk mic. It's a bit big and bulky. It's not necessarily ideal for YouTube videos. Now, again, there's kind of a go-to microphone for YouTubers, which is the Rode VideoMic Pro, uh, which has been kind of, I don't know if I call it superseded, but there is now a plus version, about twice the price, 
and I'm not actually sure if it's that much better. I do want, so basically I bought the, well, actually, no, Telelite. So I'm looking at this for Rode Mic Pro. I'm seeing some reviews. And then I saw a couple of quite big sort of filmmaking YouTubers saying, um, I'm moving away from Rode. I've gone to an Asden. And they were talking about this Asden SMX30. Now, what I really liked about the SMX30 was a shotgun mic is essentially like a, I don't know, like a long finger of a microphone that points towards its subject and it, and it very much sort of localizes the sound from the direction it's pointing. The Asden SMX30 has that, but it also, at the top, at the back of that long pointy mic, has a like a stereo microphone array. And you can switch between the two depending what you want to do. So if you are filming one particular person who's talking to the camera, you're on the mono, which is the one long pointy microphone. If you're just kind of, I don't know, you're wandering around a car show or you're wandering around a castle and you're filming bits, you might switch it to stereo to get more of the ambience and you get the full stereo sound effect. And I thought that sounds a really good option. Um, so I bought it. But then I was a little disappointed. It's, it lacks a lot of the bass. I mean, nothing seems to match the bass that this NT1 can capture. But yeah, I was a little surprised by how bad I thought the Asden sounded. So I ordered the Rode VideoMic Pro Plus, uh, which to me definitely sounded better. I've literally, oh no, it's going to go live tomorrow, I think, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. I have done, so I've done reviews of both of the microphones, but I've also done a kind of a head-to-head comparison between the Aston and the Rode. And I do, th- I mean, there's not actually as much between it as I perhaps thought, but the Rode does sound better. I think it's just got that bit more bass to it, really. Which is a shame, because I would love the the stereo um, option that the Aston has, but that I think will have to go back to Amazon. At the same time, I noticed some YouTubers wearing clip-on lavalier, uh, you know, the lapel microphones, and uh, I thought, you know what, let's let's have a go with one of them. So I've ordered a, or I've I've bought a secondhand Sennheiser MKE2. Now, me being a bit naive, I thought I just plug that into my microphone input, and off I go. That's what other lav mics have done but not this one it needs a power source it needs a seven seven and a half volt power source so not only did I shell out 120 pound on this second hand microphone but then I had to spend 280 on a transmitter and receiver unit so the receiver clips on to the uh, camera's hot shoe and plugs into the mic and the transmitter clips onto your belt and has the the microphone plugged into it um the sound, I would say, is that is really very good. I think I prefer it over the Rode VideoMic Pro Plus, um, which might mean maybe I even just send that back. I don't know. Um, but it does sound really very good. And it's because it's wireless, you've got total freedom. I mean, it almost annoys me that I generally just sit at a desk to make my videos. It makes me think I want to get out there doing stuff out in the outdoors. But most of my subject matter isn't really outdoors it's kind of tech that i'll just sit at my desk looking at um but it has made me think about i mean not necessarily like hiring myself out but i've got a friend who i want to get his youtube channel going um he's having trouble getting started and i've thought about maybe i should offer my services i'll make a few videos with him because you know he does cars and stuff and it would be ideal for cars you you wander around the car you're looking at different things and you don't have to worry about the where the microphone's pointed or how they sound because they've got it clipped right to them and it's they they always will sound great um Anyway, if you've got no if you've got no interest in microphones, that last sort of five minutes been probably been pretty boring. Uh, other news: Android Q will be known as Android Ten. Um, a few people said this was coming, and I kind of I suppose I just hoped. No, I like that they come up with silly names, you know, donut and pie and. Uh, 
ice cream, whatever. I can't even remember what they are now, but yeah, it just seemed seemed a bit of a shame. They've they've gone a bit more formal, they've gone a bit more business like. And I kind of get it. That one of their big points was that a lot of the desserts um might be very quite specific to certain countries, whereas everyone knows numbers. So they are a big global international company. Um like I think somebody said Andrew Q might be quick, which are, which is I think Nesquik in America. I don't think we call it quick over here. And I kind of get the point. If it was Android Quick, you'd be like, what? what? Or whatever. I think it was Quick. But do you know what I mean? I, I get it. I get it. It doesn't mean as much if you're outside of America. And actually, there's a massive, huge, big part of their business is outside of America. So I kind of get that it's got to be Android 10. Uh, moving on to just kind of other things going on. The NFL season is coming around. The actual kickoff will be in a about a week's time now, I think, or maybe a week and a half. I had my fantasy football live draft last night, um, barely 12, well, maybe 18 hours on from my season, pretty much already ending. So we have a, we've got a league that's been going on for 16, 17 years, if not a bit longer, and we have a three-keeper system. So you get to keep three players from the, each season to the next season. They can't be the same position, so generally you keep a quarterback, a running back, and a receiver. So I had Andrew Luck. I've had him for a good few years. He had been doing amazing stuff for me. He announced his retirement. So I got an email at 1am saying, Andrew Luck's retiring. Oh, you. What? He's only 29, but he's had injury problems and all sorts, and he's just decided it's not it's not his bag anymore. Okay, that's a pretty massive knock. Within two hours, I got another email saying that my running back that I kept has snapped his ACL. He's basically done for the year. Oh, so I have my three keepers, only one of them, which is Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, if anyone that does know NFL. Well, I'm, quite, I'm very pleased with him, but missing two of my three keepers puts me at a massive disadvantage. So now in the live draft, I had to go out to make sure I got a quarterback. In fact, I've got two young ones. Um, and I started with one less running back than everyone else, and running backs are key in, in fantasy football. So I've kind of already accepted I'm not going to do very well this season. And to be fair, I've, I have... I've had quite a good run in that I've not. So you always draft in reverse order to your power ranking. There's 14 teams in the league, and I don't think I've drafted higher than or earlier than about 10th in four or five years, perhaps. So if I have a really bad season, I'll pick second or third or fourth next season. That's probably not a bad thing because I, I need to get some new talent into my team. Anyway, but I am looking forward to the NFL season. Even though I'm a Redskins fan and everything's pointing and trusting rubbish, I always have hope. I'm the optimistic type of fan. Um, I quite like the look of the Haskins. When he finally gets in there, he could be pretty good. We've got Darius Geis back, our running back. He missed his rookie season last year with an injury. I'm hoping he will be uh, an explosive back for us and really help us turn the corner, even if we're going to lose our star left tackle at some point, which looks likely to happen. Um, so the NFL season coming along. We've also got, in kind of TV and movie, um, the, I suppose the biggest sort of news for me is Peaky Blinders was back. I think yesterday, Peaky Blinders is back. Uh, Ballers is back. I watched the first episode of that, the Dwayne Johnson American football uh, show. That's that's always pretty good. And Power, which I got into quite late. So I only started watching that about a year ago. It's done, I think this might be the sixth season that's just started. And it's a little cheesy, it's a little basic and obvious at times, but at the same time, it is actually very good TV. So I'm really glad that that's back for this next season. So yeah, some good stuff on the TV. I will obviously talk about them more in future episodes. I think that's about it for now, though. So uh, all I would say is do come and say hello on androidendy.uk. 
register on the forum and just just throw posts around the forum saying hello and how you how you come to be here and anything anything like that it's all good but i think that's it from me so uh my name's andy i'll catch you all again soon